This is Gordon Vernick with Jazz Insights. Today I would like to talk about one of the greatest jazz trumpet players, in my opinion, of the 20th century. He is little known to the general public. His name is Booker Little. He um, only lived 23 years, had a very short life, uh, but he left us with an amazing body of recordings. And he set a new standard for trumpet players, the way each generation has someone who sets this high water mark, and he really did. Um, he was born in Memphis in 1938. Uh, he started trumpet relatively late in his life when he was 14 years old, I believe. Upon his um, matriculation from high school, he moved to Chicago and attended the Chicago Conservatory. He was pretty young. Um, he moved there, I believe, in 1954 or 55, and he did uh, finish a degree in uh, trumpet performance. Um, he was a great trumpet player, played with Max Roach, um, he played with Eric Dolphy, and, and, and a number of very, very important mu- musicians from the late 50s and early 60s. But to understand uh, Booker Little's playing, you have to un- look at his influences. And most trumpet players coming out of the late 1950s were very strongly influenced by Fats Navarro and then Clifford Brown. Clifford was really the most dominant hard bop trumpet player of the mid-1950s, and his sound and approach to playing and articulation and muscular technique really affected all subsequent trumpet players, including Booker Little. So let's go back to about a 1955 recording of Clifford Brown playing Blues Walk. Pay attention to the way he plays his notes, the, the kind of the crackle to his sound, the articulation, the great technique, and the way um, he gets around the instrument. This is Clifford Brown from Blues Walk. Booker um, was a classically trained trumpet player. His technique was impeccable. He could play high, he could play low with a great facility and great agility. And that was really one of his hallmarks that really separated his trumpet playing from, say, um, very young Lee Morgan or Freddie Hubbard. And in my opinion, I think he was far ahead of these other two trumpet players who were fantastic in their own right. But there was something really special about Booker. Um, His sound was fat, yet it was on the dark side. He um, loved uh, writing and playing songs in the minor mode, so there's a certain kind of a darkness to his playing, but there's a real fat sound. Um, It's almost kind of mysterious and eerie in in some ways. When we get into further shows, when we listen to his compositions, there's a certain mysterious quality to the way he writes. Um, He can negotiate chord changes like um, a saxophone player. In fact, his playing um, is very reminiscent or very strongly influenced by John Coltrane, who was really a master of playing very complicated uh, chord changes. I mean, if you've checked out um, Coltrane's Giant Steps, I mean, that's pretty much what Booker Little was doing on the trumpet before any other trumpet players were doing that. So back to 1957-58, he had already befriended um, the great tenor saxophonist Sonny Rollins, and uh, they, I believe they shared a room when they were both living in Chicago. Booker's first real professional job was playing with 
with Max Roach, who was had been the co-leader of the Clifford Brown Max Roach group. Clifford Brown passed away in a car accident, was replaced by Kenny Dorham, and Kenny was with Max for about, about a year and a half, and Booker Little was hired to replace him. Very different style of playing. So in 1958, his first record was as a sideman with Max Roach, but Max realized that his talent was immense and really featured him prominently on, me- on, on almost all the tracks. So we're going to listen to three tracks from his first record. It's also really important to know that if you're going to judge a trumpet player, you got to hear him play the blues, you got to hear him play a ballad, and you got to hear him play some chord changes. And he did this, I mean, <laughs> at an amazing level. He was 20 years old, so he's just a kid, but he has mastered these three things, and he just, you know, builds right on what Clifford Brown had set up and just takes off in his own inimitable manner. The first track we're going to listen to is from Max Roach Quartet. Max Roach plus four, sometimes called the Chicago scene, 1958. Uh, this is Booker's first recording session. Surely is a great tune. It's a, um, it's a very difficult chord progression, and just check out the way he plays. It sounds very much like Clifford Brown, but yet um, the lines that he plays, um, he goes up very high, and then quickly he'll descend into the low register, very angular style of playing, and he loves to use dissonance. Um, so let's check this out. hear the similarity between Booker Little and, and Clifford Brown, uh, the way they play their eighth notes. Uh, Clifford um, was a pretty flashy player, great technique, and he played, you know, he played pretty even eighth notes, and Booker plays his eighth notes very, very clean. They're just, they're squeaky clean. Although he had great technique, he um, had a, cer- a certain characteristics of the way he played. One of them is the way he would use half vowels, in other words, kind of bending the notes and kind of smearing them. It was a really important part of the way he would color his notes. The next track we're going to listen to from that same record is called Memo to Maurice, and this is a blues, So, and then this is the second part of every trumpet player's repertoire, Gotta Play the Blues, so check him out on the blues, Memo to Maurice.
Booker can play the blues. Remember, he's only 20 years old when he made these records, and he's fresh out of college playing with Max Roach, who is one of the most well-established and well-respected drummers in all of jazz. Now, the last part of every trumpet player's repertoire is to play a ballad. And this particular song on this record is called My Old Flame. It interjects, you know, improvisations while he's playing the melody, but you can hear this gorgeous, broad, dark sound with great phrasing. Yet it's very different from the way Clifford Brown would phrase or uh, Miles Davis' very, very distinctive style of playing. This is his version of My Old Flame, sense of phrasing and timing is very different from Miles Davis, built upon what Clifford Brown had established, but but yet very different. And when you hear Booker's playing, he's pretty easy to identify because of the, the angular approach he takes to melodies. And he also had a real interesting concept of, of dissonance, or he believed there were no wrong notes. You could use any note in a melody or in an improvisation. It was the way you would resolve the note that would um, turn it into a right note. So uh, a purist might say, well, he's playing wrong notes, right? You might hear something that's dissonance or maybe something that maybe sticks out in your ear is, is something that shouldn't be there. But everything that he played was placed there on purpose um, with a very meticulous stroke of, of a brush. Booker's playing was really uh, foreshadowing the next generation of players who would come in the 60s and the 70s. And even though he passed when he was 23 years old in a very short period of time, about three years, he um, his playing really changed quite a bit throughout his career. And he played with some of the foremost um, musicians that were really pushing the envelope of jazz in the early 60s. Um, We're going to close the show with um, a a record he made in 1958 also with Max Roach. And this name of the album is called Deeds, Not Words. And this is one of the records where Booker was starting to um, write compositions and also contributing to the arrangements. In his studies at the Conservatory in Chicago, I'm sure it studied the music of um, great composers. And you hear a lot of like kind of 20th century modernism in the way he would write his arrangements. And I have to... um, 
tell you that when I prepared this show, I had to reach out to a couple of experts um, around the country, and there's a, a fellow I met on the internet, and we have subsequently um, have been speaking on the phone. His name is Dan Miller, and he helped me a lot with you know putting this show together because there's not a lot of information about Booker out there, and some of these recordings are hard to find. But we're going to close the show with an original composition, uh, one of uh, Booker's first uh, compositions that was recorded. This is called Larry LaRue. It sounds a little like a little bit of Birth of the Cool. And on this record, they don't use a pianist. They're using also using a tuba player. So it's tenor saxophone, tuba, and trumpet, bass, and drums. And it, it makes for very interesting um, texture and, uh, in terms of color and, and the way this uh, the arrangement um, is written. So check out Larry LaRue from Deeds Not Words, 1958. This has been Jazz Insights with Dr. Gordon Vernick. Visit me on the web at gordonvernick.com. Jazz Insights is produced by WMLB AM 1690, the voice of the arts in Atlanta, Georgia.